It's time for episode 355 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that announces its quarterly results every 15 minutes. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined by the triumphant return of my good friend, my co-host, my dungeon buddy, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing, Micah? <laughs> I am doing peachy keen today. I'm happy to be back in the saddle. Uh, this horse is just <laughs> magnificent, and I feel great <laughs> i'm glad that we upgraded to the uh from you from a chair across the table to just you're just sitting on a horse on a saddle My i don't really understand why steed. Yeah. <laughs> i'm on a horse uh well of course this is the show where we bring on two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics to my left this week it's the managing editor at max stories and club max stories the co-host of appstories.net and max stories unwind it's john Voorhees. welcome back john hi dan thanks for having me it's great to be back always a pleasure and to my left, the host of the Mac Observer Daily Podcast, as well as ooh, Uncanny Valley Westworld Rewind, uh, and, you know, podcaster about the internet, it's Kelly Gamont. Hello, Kelly. <laughs> Hi, it's really nice to be here with you guys today. And it's great to have you both. Let's kick things off. So this morning, NBC launched Peacock, or as I like to call it, yet another streaming service. Have we reached peak <laughs> streaming? Is it perhaps time to start killing streaming services? How many do you subscribe to? Will you be adding Peacock? And as a bonus, just tell me which is the first streaming service that you would kill. John? All right. Yes, I signed up immediately and downloaded the app because, uh, you know, that's what I do. And I wanted to see, I, all I signed up for was the free version for now. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll sign up for the $5 a month plan at some point. Currently, I've got Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Max, and uh, Disney, Disney Plus. So that's kind of pushing it. And I think if I got rid of one of them right now, it would probably be HBO Max. I tend to dip in and out of certain services. Like I've subscribed to uh, Stars before and um, Showtime and CBS All Access. None of those are currently in my lineup. HBO is kind of on the bubble. I have a feeling that Peacock will probably be on the bubble. I'll watch some things that I want to see. But a lot of what I can get there, I can get elsewhere already. So I'm not, you know... We'll see. I, I don't think it's time to get rid of these services that would start killing them off because, I, I, you know, more choice is better. And I think everybody has a combination of things that they like to watch. And maybe Peacock serves that purpose for you at a free or paid level. Uh, or maybe Hulu does or Netflix or whatever it happens to be. So right now I'm pretty happy with the mix I have. But I feel like I'm at, the, at that margin where I'm starting to feel like, well, there's just too much and I'm paying too much money for things that I don't watch often enough. So I'll probably let one go. And if I do, it'll be HBO Max, I think. Uh, let's see. Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV+, Plus, HBO Max, CBS All Access, Disney+, Plus, Prime Video, Quibi oh for some god-awful reason. And <laughs> I... <laughs> let me explain, please. And uh, Stars, I Explain yourself, forgotten. Mr. Sargent. <laughs> stars, I forgot to cancel my subscription to. Um, so with Quibi... Um, I wanted to see how the company was going to try to continue to uh, 
to continue on its its original library of content like what could they add that was going to bring people in to be interested in um so i subscribed to the three-month trial uh, that was free and then i've paid one time just because i want to see how uh how they're going to continue to add content and try to bring people in so far so bad um so i've gone in and said i will not be renewing but it is still on my list as it stands um I subscribe to way, way too many streaming services as it is. So it is kind of a bummer that there's another one that eventually will be the home of the office. Uh, so for that, it's kind of sad. But um, outside of that, I kind of, I think I agree with John that I don't think that these need to go anywhere because it often or I've seen it lead to really interesting content that we may not otherwise have if we were still living in the time of of um, individual companies not being able to sort of make money more directly on the stuff that they make. So I think it does lead to good content in the, in the end, but it does kind of stink to have to have so many different subscriptions. That's, that's for sure, especially when you forget about them. Kelly, what are your thoughts? Um, I partly agree with all of you in that I don't think, uh, I don't think they need to go away, but I think some of them need to start teaming up because, um, the office has bounced around from service to service and I'm not one of the people who's in love with it. So I haven't tracked this very closely, but like, I know it was on Netflix for a while and then not, and now it's somewhere else or something, um, like Doctor Who was available on Amazon Prime Video for a while, which I have, um, and then it went away, and, like, HBO has some things that it didn't used to have, and then, but, like, some of them are going away, and, like, Fraggle Rock is an HBO show, but I have to have Disney Plus, if, or TV, Apple TV Plus if I want to watch the new ones, and, like, all of it sucks. As a consumer, it's awesome that all of this choice is available to me. As a consumer, it's absolutely terrible that all this choice is available to me. Because, like, what do I even start with if I want to watch the things I want to watch? Now, when you're Kelly, you get Disney Plus because Star Wars and you're done. That's all you really need. So I do have, I have Disney Plus. Um, I have Showtime, uh, but I have that through, I I get Showtime because I subscribe. It's part of my cable package. And uh, I have Prime Video, and I think that's all right now. Um, I think I can get the the premium, the ad free Peacock, the ad free Peacock. That sounds weird. Um, <laughs> I, I think I can get the ad free Peacock uh, because I have because I'm a Comcast subscriber because oh, I don't have right. a choice where I live. Um, so they're try- they've tried really hard to get me to get a box from them because I have a cable card because I have TiVo and I don't want anything to do with any of their DVR nonsense because it's nonsense. So I like I just feel like all of it's really confusing. And if you are a person who wants to sit down and watch a TV show, you know, I really like Westworld. Where's that? You know, some somebody may not know. Um, and so like the thing for me is that it gets really confusing because a some of these things have moved around and b because Anything available on one service is absolutely not available on anything else. And so what I would really like is for there to be some partnerships because I would gladly sign up for more services in some sort of bundly situation so that I don't have to worry about like I want to watch TV and, you know, I can just go watch TV. 
Yeah, I, like many of you, I subscribe to Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, though that's technically still free, uh, Amazon Prime. I have subscribed to CBS, CBS All Access at times. I've subscribed to Stars and Epics, even. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've I basically have run the gamut. Um, in in uh, Peacock, I'm gonna just do the ad free one. I'm also a Comcast subscriber, but I have to go get their stupid box in order to do it, and I'm just frustrated <laughs> with that on principle. So I'm like, no, I'll just watch your stupid stuff with ads ha that'll show them i'll watch your ads <laughs> okay um i think you're right that, that that having the choice available is great and i think this stuff will start to kind of winnow off if there are points at which it turns out the content isn't as compelling on some of these services of others but the tricky mm-hmm. thing with that is that most of these services have at least like one show i want to watch so like john exactly. I, I do the dip in dip out thing where it's like all right discovery star trek discovery is on i'll be subscribing to cbs all access for the next two or three months and we'll watch at all at that point and then we'll back off again but mm-hmm. you know they want you to try to subscribe as much as possible uh if i had to kill one uh it'd be quibi i don't subscribe to quibi i just want to kill it uh i forgot <laughs> wow. to say that yeah i also would kill oh, yeah. quibi i would kill quibi sorry let's I kill to quibi let's kill let's quibi. kill okay. quibi let's kill quibi <laughs> all right thank you all for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic today which comes from john Wow, I didn't even think to mention Amazon Prime or Apple TV Plus because I feel like I don't even pay for those, but but I'll move on. Well, right, right now you don't, technically, so <laughs> exactly. that's probably why. Yeah. All right, so I want everybody to explain to me something that they think is like an Apple blind spot or an area where the company just doesn't seem to quite get it, even though they've tried over and over over a period of years. What do you think that is and, and what do you think is going on there? So I don't know that this is necessarily a blind spot because I do think that it's something that we in in incredibly recent times have seen uh, the company focusing on. But I think that it's been a blind spot up to this point. And that is and this is a sort of a, a rally cry that I hear uh, pro apps on the iPad. Um, <laughs> I really think that the iPad is an incredible app or incredible app, an incredible device for editing video. Uh, It's got this huge, beautiful, detailed screen to see the content. You can interact directly with the uh, content as you are making adjustments, be it, you know, for, for color or making adjustments and and clipping uh, along the timeline. People like to edit their podcasts on the iPad. Uh, People love to edit their photos on the iPad. And I think that Apple would be... It would be awesome to see Final Cut Pro, uh, the app that I use when I'm editing video, uh, exist on the iPad. And then if we're going to do that, you might as well bring over all of the other Pro apps that Apple makes. But then also work even closer with or work even more closely with adobe to help make photoshop and and illustrator and all of the other apps that are and and you can't see this because it's an audio podcast but i scare quote around it are <laughs> real apps on the ipad uh not exactly it's not literal photoshop on the ipad even still and so i would just love to see all of those things happen and i think that you know, it's given that it's taken so long, it's fair to call that at least at one point a blind spot. Kelly, what are your thoughts? I mostly agree with you uh, that that the iPad is kind of what uh, like 
what needs some help. But I think iPad OS is part of them admitting or at least, you know, joining the party that everyone else has already been out for a while. Um, I think their blind spot uh, is probably uh, people like us who are who are on this podcast, who are uh, maybe not hardcore developers all day, every day, not necessarily people who are going to make, um, you know, uh, professional film studio level demands of their hardware, right? But you want to edit video or whatever it is you want to do. And maybe you want to use an app that Apple didn't make. And between the security, so my day job is I work for an IT consulting company and the number of people I've had to explain grant full disk access to or grant accessibility to and all this stuff that they're doing in the name of keeping people safe. Like I get it, but I feel like none of those people, none of the people who are developing this stuff are having to actually use it and support mm. anyone at scale with it mm -hmm. because I'm 100% behind the idea that yes, if something wants to use your camera, you have to say, okay, I get that. But it's when it gets into the murky stuff, like why does, why does this app need full disk access or why does something need you to check the box under accessibility? So I feel like they're trying in that way and I support their efforts on that front, but mostly what I find it is frustrating to have to explain to people, like you have to go check the box, you have to unlock the system preferences, you have to go in there and say, okay, especially because sometimes it doesn't work and then you have to just remove it and restart and try it all again. And that part's not fun. So for me, um, I think the thing that is that is frustrating is uh, the like the full disk access kind of like the security kinds of things. But also like I don't want to use the mail app and I don't necessarily want to use photos as the things to manage my mail and my photos uh, on my computer. And Apple seems to be whether it's wittingly or unwittingly making that stuff more complicated uh, you know, it like I was saying, you know, for us, if one of us wants to use something different, you know, I want to use Lightroom or uh, I want to be able to to use some some other application that I didn't get from the App Store. <gasps> like, I know you can, but <laughs> some of that stuff, like the number of hurdles it takes to go through something like that is the kind of thing that would drive a mere mortal user to just go, fine, I'll just get something from the App Store to do the same thing. Or fine, I'll just use photos if you're going to open it every time I plug in my phone to back up my camera roll. Like... I find that stuff really frustrating and uh, part of why I find it aggravating is because Apple used to be the one operating system and the one computer company that knew they weren't the only game in town and had an ounce of awareness about everything else. And now I feel like they're losing some of that vision. Multitasking on the iPad. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> uh, no, it's bad. Uh, it's gotten better, I but agree. it's really not gotten that much better. And Apple needs to take another hard look at it because it is extremely catchy when in terms of its use. Like I am constantly trying to drag icons from the dock into split view, and then sometimes I miss and I swipe out of like all my apps, and I'm like, "Why is this happening?" And sometimes I just end up with things in a little slide over panel instead, and I want to move it somewhere else. And it's like I understand that they feel like this is a different device from the Mac and it needs to operate on a different paradigm. At the same time, the Mac has been doing multi-windowing stuff for years and is actually pretty good at it. So I feel like that whatever the next version of iPad OS is, because clearly they seem to be addressing this once every couple of years, um, really mm. needs to take a hard look at that. And if nothing else, just make it way clearer which app is actually active. It drives me bananas when I start typing and it's like, oh no, it's going over there to that window. How, how is this hard? Active windows. Okay, I'm done. John, bring us home. 
All right. You know, for me, it's gaming. I have been up and down with Apple and gaming for years now, and now I just don't get my hopes up anymore. I used to be around the 10th anniversary of the App Store. I was really pretty pessimistic because Apple kind of fell into this mobile gaming space by accident when the App Store happened, and they made a ton of money off of it. And I think they were just content to keep, you know, printing in-app purchase money for a very long time. But then all of a sudden, Apple Arcade came along, and it looked like it was going to be a really neat place for more artistic and interesting games to kind of reside alongside games that are, you know, based on popular franchises and that sort of thing. But while it had a lot of great launch titles, it's been a little anemic in recent months, which has been a bummer. And then there have been rumors now, too, that suggest that maybe, and this was in Bloomberg, that maybe Apple's looking at doing more of those engagement-style games for Apple Arcade, the kinds of things that are already kind of like, basically like in-app purchase games without the in-app purchases in them, which is not something I'm really that interested in. But at the same time, at WWC then, we saw a resurgence of Game Center that's being worked on for the fall, and controllers are becoming a bigger and bigger thing every year with more and better support coming in the fall as well. So I really don't know what to think. Uh, I just feel like Apple hasn't really gotten themselves beyond the comfortable place of mobile casual gaming when there's an opportunity and the hardware is powerful enough, and especially with the ARM Max, could definitely be powerful enough to do stuff that that really rivals what's on the PC and on consoles. Yeah, yeah, probably they got this time. I'm going to hold this football. If you want to just run up and kick it, everything's going to be cool. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, that's two topics down, two topics to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Zojo. Zojo is a cross-platform development tool for creating native apps for the desktop, mobile, web, and Raspberry Pi with Android support coming soon. Zojo uses native control so your app looks and acts as it should on every platform, and you can build your UI with drag and drop using one straightforward programming language to implement the functionality. With Zojo, you can build apps 10 times faster than with other tools because you can share code between all of the platforms you want to support. Using Zojo, you can cross-compile so you can build a native macOS app right from your PC. Zojo has been around for over 20 years. It's great for everyone from new to professional developers alike. With over 400,000 users worldwide, Zojo apps can be found in any conceivable category. Go to Zojo.com slash connected now and see how many companies you know use Zojo today. It's free to use for learning and development, but you'll need a license to build standalone applications. Good news! Clockwise listeners can save 20% with code CLOCKWISE. That's Zojo.com slash CLOCKWISE and get 20% off with code CLOCKWISE. Our thanks to Zojo for sponsoring CLOCKWISE and all of Relay FM. And halftime is over. Micah, what is your triumphant return topic? My triumph return topic. Uh, I'm curious. Do you use a desktop computer or a laptop, or perhaps you use both? Do you, if you use a laptop, dock your laptop? Do you use multiple monitors with your setup? Basically, I'm just curious what your day to day setup looks like. What computing device do you sit at? How does it look? Kelly, we'll start with you. Uh, it looks like a mess right now. Um, <laughs> Because I, uh, like I said, I uh, my day job is IT consulting, and so uh, I have a work laptop, and I also have my own personal laptop. So what I do is I run my personal laptop shut, uh, sitting on the bottom of the laptop stand, and my work laptop open on top of the laptop stand, and they're both connected to an external monitor, 
And then I use an app called Synergy to use the same keyboard and mouse for both of them. Well, trackpad, I use trackpad. Keyboard and trackpad for uh, both machines. And then I just flip inputs when I need to go back and forth between them. And then uh, that, so that's, that's most of my setup that, uh, and then I have a little, like I have, you know, like my notebook, I scribble stuff, you know, to do's down and things. So uh, that's the bulk of it. I don't have a dock for either one of them. Um, I did use a dock for a while with my personal machine. Uh, and I liked that a lot when I took it more places, uh, when I took myself more places. And now that a lot of that doesn't happen so much, I don't miss the dock like I used to. I used to use my iMac whenever I was at home and then my laptop when I would go out places. Ha ha, out places. What a world. <laughs> um, my laptop has been slowly dying, though, my MacBook Air, so I haven't been using it as much around the house. Uh, and instead, in recent years, I've been switching more to using my iPad for mobile work. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm at home these days editing a podcast, recording a podcast, it's on my iMac 100% of the time. I do have an old cinema display that sits on another desk in my office where I used to hook up my MacBook Air and work from that. But again, because I haven't used the Air as much uh, and because I now have a sit-stand desk where my iMac is, uh, I just yeah haven't ended up using that setup in a long time. I tried to hook it up briefly to my wife's PC and I determined that hooking up a mini <laughs> DisplayPort connector to a PC was not happening <laughs> so yeah that was kind of a waste um but yeah I, i'm trying to be as centralized as possible these days and having just one um computer to work from most of the time really simplifies my life a lot john what about you i primarily use a mac mini at my desk and an ipad pro in the new uh, magic keyboard with trackpad most of the time i split my time between those two devices this time of year is a little bit different for me though because uh, I'm getting ready to do a Mac OS review in the fall for Big Sur. And so I'm right now running Big Sur on an external drive, an external SSD with the mini. And then I have my older 13-inch um, MacBook Pro laptop right next to me. So I can kind of compare and contrast Catalina and Big Sur. So I've got two Macs running at the same time most of the day now which I don't really like, but it's just for the next few months and then it'll be gone. I don't use that laptop a lot otherwise, except when I leave the house and I don't leave the house much anymore. <laughs> um, in terms of display, I've got an LG 27-inch 4K monitor that I use, and I've been happy with it. It's just the single monitor, and it works really well with the Mac Mini. The Mac Mini is a 2018, so it's, it's, and it's got pretty beefy specs, so it handles all the stuff mm -hmm. I need it for, which is mostly writing research and editing podcasts uh all interesting answers here i am running uh a macbook pro with touch bar 15 inch macbook pro um i use that as a as my computer all around so when i was going into the office in the past i would take that into the office and then dock it there use it while i was at work and then here at home do the same now i'm at home uh most of the time so it just sits on my desk most of the time as that uh as the the computer that's sort of central to my uh work flow uh i have two 24 inch Dell ultra sharp monitors. They're the ones that are 1610 instead of 169. Um, and so I have those kind of with those thin bezels on the left and the right. And then the MacBook Pro is most of the time in clamshell mode, although lately I've been using it, uh, just having it open and sitting in the middle of those two displays. All of it, though, is 
powered, controlled, um, done by the Cal Digit Thunderbolt Station 3, or is it Thunderbolt 3 Station? Anyway, the Cal Digit TS3 Plus, <laughs> which is the best dock I have ever used for the Mac ever. I genuinely right now have one cord that is connected to my MacBook Pro. Wow. And Everything is working right now. All of my my mic and the the uh, US two by two, and like everything works. And all I have to do is plug in one cord into my MacBook Pro. I almost cried the first time I used this and plugged it in because it's the the future I was promised and they delivered wow. on it. So yeah, I quite like that. Um, thank you all for your answers. It is time for our final topic, which comes from Kelly. <laughs> uh, I forgot to tell you what machines I have. I've been early twenty fifteen. A 13-inch MacBook Pro. That's my machine. And my work machine is a 13-inch 2019 MacBook Pro Touch Bar Majigger. And I have a Dell IPS display as well. The one. Um, so my topic is uh, recently I gave a talk uh, as part of the PSU Mac Admin Campfire series that was um, just sort of me going through a list of iPhone tips and tricks, which is the kind of stuff that like I will do something... Uh, Again, you know, remember going places, I would be out with other people and do something on my phone and somebody would go, whoa, how'd you do that? And so I want to know what thing do you do with your phone that uh, makes a big impression on other people? A big impression. I think my favorite thing that I've discovered recently that actually is pretty handy is the ability to easily share saved passwords. Um, we all know, like, if you go log on to somebody's Wi-Fi network, it'll pop up a thing, and it's like, ah, oh, do you want to share a password with so-and-so who's just logged onto your Wi-Fi network, which is great. However, I discovered recently when I was trying to share a password with my wife that if you go into that saved password section in settings, uh, and you bring up one of your saved logins for some website, and it's like, oh, you know, I've got my New York Times login that I'm going to share with my wife, uh, I can select it, and then it pops up the ability to airdrop that password to somebody else, and it airdrops, and it goes right into their saved passwords, which is great because I wow. want to have super secure passwords and I don't want to sit there and go either I have to copy this password and text <laughs> it to you which seems bad or I have to read you a very long string of letters and random numbers that you're going to then type in without making a mistake so that's a little tip I just discovered a few weeks back and I've been using it a lot that's awesome <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I think the thing that I feel like is the coolest is when I'm on a train or a plane or something, which hasn't been recently, but on a train or a plane and I'm publishing stories from there using WordPress or whatever, I always find that it feels like the future when I do that. But people don't understand what I do in the first place. So I don't think people, real people are actually very impressed with that. I just impress myself. What really impresses people, I think, though, is the simpler things that maybe they just haven't tried before. And one of those is just airplay, being able to airplay a video or music or whatever and move it around my house, you know, speaker, a HomePod in the living room or maybe a speaker outside, whatever it happens to be. I think a lot of people still haven't discovered that and find it kind of impressive when you're running all that from your phone. So that, that to me is what the one that I think has turned more people's heads when they've been at my house than than anything else mine is just one that i always see people sort of have a moment of delight about and so i love uh, showing it and sharing it and that is that a lot of people don't know that you can peel so so to speak and and drop or peel and stick stickers that the the stickers apps for messages 
are not just for you to tap on and send, but that you can actually cover up messages or put them in different places. And so a lot of times when I'm talking to someone new, uh, and that ends up happening, inevitably, I'll stick a sticker on something like, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? And then I can show them. (laughs) And they always seem to be quite pumped. And then I'll show them. Now it requires a little bit of dexterity, but you can actually resize the stickers or rotate them, move them around, you can stick them wherever you want to. Uh, So yeah, that's always a lot of fun and definitely get that. Oh, how'd you do that? Like I sort of have two because they're both related to the light on the back of the phone. The it used to be the flash, and now everybody just I think kind of calls it the flashlight. Um, if you are in the control center, uh, you can uh, long press on the flashlight icon, and you can adjust the brightness. So if you don't need it to be super blinding, you can adjust just how bright it is when it comes on. And also in the accessibility preferences in settings uh you can set that to you can set the led to go off when you get a text message so if it's easier sometimes for you to see that your phone is that somebody's texting you than to hear that they're texting you you can use that option so i've shared that with uh, i shared that with my stepdad who was having a hard time getting hassled by his kids when they would watch a football game together because he puts his headphones on to turn the tv up really loud and then he wouldn't hear his phone get text messages. And so uh, now it's much easier for all of them to give each other grief over football when there's football again. So he's very happy about that. <laughs> oh, thank you for shedding some light on that. Uh, all right. Let's get Man. to the... All right, ha, it's fine. I get it. All right. You're all terrible. <laughs> That's four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic today. It's a real quick one. Simple answer. Would you rather have a fireplace or an air conditioner? John? I want air conditioning. It gets so hot and humid here in the summer. Absolutely, it's air conditioning. Air conditioning, hands down. AC, 100%. I can always put on more clothes if I'm cold. Amen. I'm with all of you. Air conditioner, for sure. It gets beastly hot and humid here in the summer, and I am missing air conditioning right now because I can't retreat to someplace with air conditioning anymore. I'm actually getting air conditioning very soon, so I'm really Uh, excited about that. So, yes. Nice. All right, that is our show for today. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week, John Voorhees. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, everybody. And Kelly Gamont, thanks so much for joining us. A pleasure as always. Thanks again. And Micah, nice show for your first one back. You didn't lose a step at all. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Dan. We'll be back next week. But until then, we remind all of you listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.